that is the longest bumper video ever, BJ. <laughs> BJ said I could go to the bathroom and come back and it would still be playing. So <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it gives us time to get everything set up um, up here because there's a lot to do. And every time I preach, there's more stuff that seems to gather on this table. And I can tell BJ preached last week because this is definitely higher than normal. So can you guys see me okay? Um, so <laughs> anyway, hey, I'm going to put a couple of these little squishy things up here. Um, my daughter gave me these before I came into church because she knew that I always get nervous on the day I preach, right? I had a pastor tell me one time, if you're not nervous, you don't deserve to be up there. So there's a lot of wisdom in that. I get more nervous doing this than I ever did fighting fire. Um, maybe that makes me different and weird, but uh, that's, that's the way it is. And she knew that I needed those little squishies today because our house yesterday was chaos. We, uh, we had 10 people in our house that spent the night last night. Um, so we went to, Noah had a Jamboree football game, uh, two football games yesterday, right guys? Uh, Toros football, half the teams spent the night at my house. Uh, they won both their games. So to say my uh, sermon prep and everything, my day was flipped upside down, that's an understatement. But uh, we're here, we're going to get through it. And uh, it's going to be good um, for God's glory. My, my name is Gene Klingbeil. Uh, for those that don't know me, I'm an elder here in the church, and our lead pastor is, is literally on his way back. His name's Jonathan Kasselbaum, if you don't know him, um, and he texted this morning. He's in Houston, and so this is crazy. He left Southeast Asia uh, Friday, and he's still not home, so he's going to be a tired boy come tomorrow. He, he gets home tomorrow at 3 p.m., uh, and I know a lot of you have asked, what has Jonathan been up to? What's he been doing the last three weeks? Well, I, we were going to have a, a video of what he's been doing. Jonathan was filming the last episode of Survivor. And um, so they saw, you know, they saw through our firefighter, or no, he's not a firefighter, uh, our fighter pilot, pastor, and, and so he was voted off the tribe last week. Um, so we didn't have that video. I'm kidding. Uh, Jonathan was not doing that. Uh, he was working um, in the military, but he's, he's on his way back, so please be in prayer for him. I know Melissa and the girls are ready to have him back. I'm ready to have him back. So anyway, um, for those that are first-time guests, guys, welcome to the church. Uh, we're so glad that you are visiting with us today, and we'd love to get to know you. We have a small gift in the back, so if you want to grab one of those or someone will put one in your hand. Um, and we have these little connection cards, so if you feel so inclined, please feel free to fill one of those out, because um, it's a way that we can just say, hey, we're just glad you guys visited with us, and we'd love to get to know you, and this is what we are. Um, so anyway, uh, for those on YouTube, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, never forget you guys. You guys are part of the body of Christ, and we want you not to feel disconnected. So um, if you guys have any prayer requests or needs, please feel free to reach out to anybody and let us, let us do that. Let us partner with you in, in those needs and, and whatever you need. So um, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to dive in. I, I do want to say uh, Warner and his team, guys, they, they rocked it this morning. They do every week, so uh, great job. Um, they bring it every week. And all our volunteers, you know, we couldn't do this with, without you guys, and we're just so grateful for everybody that that does volunteer and pitch in and helps out uh, for God's church. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, um, Lord, I just pray that uh, today's message will be, will be heard. It's a message that hopefully that you want 
to be conveyed to the church and, and just remove me and, and just be up here and, and speak through me uh, what you want to say. Lord, I just pray for Jonathan as he's traveling, just be with him, protect him, watch over him, help him to get back to, to his family and, and to us, Lord. We, we miss him. Um, and we just thank you for watching over him and, and Melissa and the girls while he's been away. Um, Lord, be with our missionaries uh, all over the world, 6-8. Um, they're doing your work every day down there. We're just so grateful for them and, and just watch over them and just continue to bless them. Uh, for those that are not here today, we pray that you'll be with them. Um, Lord, you know, a lot of the people are dealing with a lot of different things throughout the church and uh, just intercede in each one of those. We love you, God, and, and all for your glory. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, do you all know what that is? Yeah? That's, that's an alarm clock, right? The iPhone alarm clock. That's one of many versions of, if you have an Android, I don't know what they sound like. I've got an iPhone. Um, so, but I, and I know, trust me, sitting up here listening to that just for five seconds is enough for me. Um, but I want you to think about that. What, what does that bring up when you hear that in the morning? What is your first thoughts in the morning when you hear that? Is it, I'm going to hit the snooze, I need five, ten more minutes? Um, my kids all the time, I need five more minutes, Dad. I need ten more, just five more minutes, Dad, and I'll get up. Like, that five more minutes is really going to help. Um, or, I'm going to be late for work, i got to get going. Or, I have this big meeting this morning. Or, this, if you're in school, the kids, I have this huge test i got to take today. Or, i got to go to school and deal with this person today or I have this meeting, or, or whatever. I mean, how do we start our day, guys? Is, is it the thoughts of what our day is going to look like and what we're concerned about? Our day ought to start by looking at what God has done. Literally, as we slept, we're in the most vulnerable state that we can be in, right? We're, we're sleeping, but God put uh, air in our lungs. He, put, he lets our heart continue to beat, he did that while we slept. And then we wake up renewed and refreshed, and our mind ought to be right away turning to God. You know, before we grab our phone to look at the news or Facebook or whatever, we ought to get the first words we ought to have is the Word of God if we're doing something else. That's, that's how we ought to start our day because He does that for us. He gives us the opportunity to have another day of life. But without that, without Him, we wouldn't have that. We, he decides what happens. My grandparents, my, my, uh, my dad's mom and dad, they had a routine before they went to bed every night. And it was they would read scripture, they would look at each other, they would pray, and they would tell each other they loved each other and they'd fall asleep. Well, my grandfather, he passed away in his sleep. And I know I've heard, I, I would, you know, probably like to go that way. Um, but, you know, God allows us to wake up with the hope of another day and what we're going to do with that day. So I, I get to close out this sermon series. This is the last sermon in uh, Living a Life on Mission. And back in November and December, we do it every year, the pastors, we get together at, at one of the houses, and this year it was at Jonathan's. Um, we, we met here for several hours, and we kind of do a recap of the, the year, what we did throughout the year, so that we can look and say, okay, we did this, this didn't work out so good. 
Um, this was a complete disaster. Uh, hopefully that didn't happen. Um, or, you know, this wor worked really well. So we kind of do that so we learn from what the previous year was. And, and last year our theme was we fell on the word thrive. How are we thriving in our relationships? How are we thriving, whether we're thriving in our relationship with God and Jesus Christ? So this year, we got together, and we said, God, where do you want to take your church this year? And we fell on the word go. You know, that's what all of these sermon series are going to be primarily kind of focused around. Go. Go out into the world and make disciples for the kingdom of God. So we, we, we did that, and we looked and said, okay, we, we need to come up with these sermon series. So the first one was living a life on mission. Um, we, we also saw there was a, a gap that seemed to be widening between culture and church. And we said, you know, what do we need to do to fill that gap? How do we fill that gap? Well, it's not bring more culture into the church, guys. It's bring more Jesus into the world. And, and that's what we are trying to do. That's what we need to do. We need to go out into the world and bring the good news of hope of Jesus Christ. So um, here uh, today, we're, the whole sermon series is living a life on mission. That's what this first one has been. Go and tell the good news. God has equipped each of us with talents, resources, and abilities to go out and do that, to go and tell the good news. In this series, we've heard how the world needs to hear this message. Um, how does this happen? It happens because we go. We go and spread this good news. Um, we've heard that there's a cost. Jonathan preached about there's a cost to living a life on mission. We've heard that we need to lose our lives for his sake. We've heard that God is adjusting our priorities when we're doing this. Brian preached two weeks ago how the church is a hospital for the sick, and all are welcome. But how, do they, how does the patient know what the hospital has to offer? It know, they know because we go out and we spread that message of hope. So today, we're going to talk about that, living a life on mission. And I, I have to have a sermon title. Otherwise, I get flustered and all over the place. Um, it, my wife will tell you. So, and and I, I was really kind of struggling with what is the sermon title for what God wants me to say based on these scripture passages. And it was, I, I said how, uh, it was don't waste your life or don't waste your dash. And I was listening to a lot of podcasts and, and I, you know, fell on this one about don't waste your dash. Have you guys heard that phrase before? Has any, no? Okay, that's okay. We're going to do it today. If you haven't, that's cool. If you have, bear with us. Um, so don't waste your dash. So I want to talk about that. What, what is the dash? So on the screen here, we're going to have um, a picture. So here, I, I was going to put my name up there. And I said, the church needs to see my name up there. Rebecca's like, no way. We're not doing that. She's like, I don't want to see your name on a gravestone yet. She still likes me, so that's good. Uh, your kids are in the audience. They don't want to see your name on a gravestone yet. So your name is up there, all right? And then it's some arbitrary date. That's not my birthday uh, or year I was born. And then the dash. And then there's the question mark. The dash, is we're going to focus on that. But I want to talk about the question mark for a second. That, that question mark, that date is stamped for every one of us in this room. Nobody, nobody is going to get past that question mark. We all are going to meet that someday. So what happens after that question mark is eternity. 
And, and that's hard to wrap our brains around, our minuscule minds. We can't really understand eternity. But we can look at the dash, and we can look at our lives right now, and everything that happens in eternity, and that question mark is based on that little snippet of what we do in that dash. That's what we're going to look at. Um, so I want you to look at your dash. So open up your Bibles to Matthew 25. Uh, and we're going to start at verse 14, and we're going to go through 30. So I've got to give you some context here before we get into Scripture. So here, we're in, in 24, in chapter 24, Jesus is walking around and, and with his disciples, and he's showing them the temple. And he's saying, all of this is going to be gone. And they're like, wait a minute, what? Hold on, slow, slow down here. And he's describing the end of time. So they go to the Mount of Olives, and, and they're sitting down, and, and they're like, hey, tell us about this. So Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, he, he does what only Jesus can do. He explains it in a way that only he can so that we can understand and his disciples can understand. So what he does is he breaks it down into parables. And, and I'm sure you guys, if you've read the Bible, you know that, uh, what parables are. Parables are stories and snippets so that he he dumbs scripture down for us so that we can understand his plan. I call it the Dr. Seuss gospel is, is what he does. He brings it down in a, in a language and in a meaning so that we can understand. So that's what he's doing. We're literally here. We're two chapters away from Christ going to the cross. So he's nearing the end of his ministry. And so they ask this question, tell us about the end of times. Well, he's got three parables. And the first one is, it's the parable of um, the ten virgins. And, and he tells that parable. And the next one is the parable of the talents. And that's the one we're going to be focusing on. And then he talks about the parable of the sheep and goats. Um, some of your Bibles may not say the sheep and goats, but uh, others do. And that's really what he's, he's trying to convey. And what it is, is basically the first one, the, ter- the parable of the ten virgins is, don't miss the party. And then the next one is, don't waste your life. And then following, the, uh, the last one is take care of the hurt and lost. In other words, it's depend on the gospel, declare the gospel, and demonstrate the gospel in your life, and you'll be fine. You see, God is doing that. He's breaking the stories down so that we can understand. So here, let's look at Matthew 25, 14 through 30. I got to put my old man glasses on, sorry. <laughs> All right. So there's, there's some scripture reading here, so bear, bear with me here. For it would be like a man going on a journey, this is the parable of the talents, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. <clears throat> to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug, a, dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who also had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, 
You delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master had answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be more given, and he will have an abundance. But the one who has not, even what he, was, what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into our darkness in that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So here, we have three guys in this story here that Christ is trying to tell us about don't waste our life or don't waste your dash. Um, and we're going to look at each one. We're going to break each one down a little bit. So the first guy, if you look at what it says in Scripture, I, I really like this guy. He's an action guy. He, he went, it, look, it, it says he went at once. There was no delay in his response. There was not him waiting around for something to happen. He took what God gave him or what his master gave him, and he went at once. There was no delay. So I have a question. Is delayed obedience disobedience? Is delayed obedience disobedience? And, and referencing that, are, are, if we delay by going and telling the good news, are we being disobedient to God? I, in our house all the time, we say it all the time to our kids. They're, they're probably sick of it. Um, first time obedience. We use that phrase because we want them, when we say something, we want them already having that little phrase in their head, first time obedience. It's, it's conditioning them uh, to obey the first time. Now, oftentimes, I got great kids, but oftentimes they will say, Dad, I need five more minutes. I'm right in the middle of this video game. I need a little bit more time. And as time goes on, am I right, boys? As, as time goes on, um, they, they forget, and there's a delay. And then I'm looking at it as disobedience. Well, now my patient is worn thin. So I got to respond and not respond in a way that's going to be good for them or me. Um, so, but, and they know that, uh, but, they, but they continue to do it. And I lose my patience. But you know what, guys? Thank God we have, literally, thank God, we have a Father in heaven that is gracious enough in our delays, in our disobedience, because he's given us, remember, he wakes you up, Every day, he's giving you another day to go and spread the gospel, to use your talents and gifts that he gives you to go and do this, to make disciples for him. Is delayed obedience disobedience? We've got a father that loves us enough in our delay. <clears throat> okay, so, sorry. I should have numbered my pages here. If I get off track, like I said, uh, it's, it'll be bad. Um, so, 
We, we need to go for God. We don't need to delay um, in, in, our, in, in that. So we need to be mindful of our delays if that's happening. We need to make sure that our dash is not being wasted. The time that he's given us, because it is a finite amount of time that he's given us, we need to look at our dash and say every day, every morning, before our feet hit the floor, we ought to be thanking God for another day where we can praise him. Look at what the master says here to the guy with the five talents. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into paradise. The master is pleased. This is what we should all strive to hear at at the end of our dash is well done, my good and faithful servant. Who knows how many people, guys, that we can impact or God can impact by us going to tell the good news. You know, we had a leadership meeting not, not long ago, and we were talking about this very thing. And one of the things that got brought up is um, what people in St. John's County, everybody's heard the gospel. We can't think like that. We have to be intentional in the way we, we think about how people may not, people here may not have heard the gospel, or maybe they've heard it in a way that they didn't understand, or maybe they just needed to hear it again, where they're at in their lives. So we can't, be, we can't delay. We have to be purposeful and intentional with that. So here, we're going to look at this second guy, um, Matthew 25, 22 through 23. Should have highlighted it. <laughs> 22. All right. And he who also had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So here, again, I, li- I do like this guy too. What does this guy not do? He doesn't look at the five-talent guy and say, wait a minute, you gave him, master, you gave him five talents, and you only gave me two. He doesn't sit there and do compare, and what we, we all do that at times, and, and be wasteful in that dash or wasteful in that time period by comparing what he doesn't have. He looks at what he has and says, you know what, I'm going to take what God has blessed me with or my master has blessed me with, and I'm going to go out and be fruitful with the blessings that I have. We all at times get caught into the trap of comparing ourselves to what other people have. We can look on Facebook or Twitter and Instagram, and trust me, I'm preaching to myself more than anybody up here, guys. Just take that into context when I say these things. So I've done it. Literally, this morning it happened to me. And I've been intentional about this week, about when I wake up, thanking God for waking me up, and what am I going to do? But this morning, after I did that, opened my phone up, and there's someone posted about, we did a thing today, and they bought a Jeep. And I was like, that's a nice Jeep. I would like that Jeep in my driveway, right? (laughs) Um, Or for the guys in the room, truck envy. If you have a truck that, you know, you see other guys with these trucks going down the road, man, that's a nice truck. I'd like to have that, except for Dave Connect. Dave Connect, guys, has the biggest, baddest truck in the world. And I would like to have it in my driveway. I just did it, right? We all do that. We do that. We compare what we don't have with what we wish we did have. Instead of, what, what, is it, what does that do when we start comparing? 
we're not looking at the blessings that we already have in our lives. We're, we're taking our focus off and just putting it on ourselves in the emptiness that will never, ever be filled. No matter all the stuff, all the Jeeps, all the trucks, all the houses, all the money, all the friends, nothing will fill that gap for you. It's just an empty hole that we cannot fill. The only thing that can fill it is the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we can't waste our time with comparing and looking at what we don't have. Guys, God has blessed you. It's literally just look at your life, and instead of focusing on the negative or on the bad or what you don't have, focus on the good. So, like I said, I've done this. Did it this morning. It was a nice Jeep. <laughs> uh, but this is a trap, guys. This is a trap that Satan uses for us to just ensnare us and hold us and keep us down and prevents us from going for God. So, how do we do that? How do we, in that guy, the second guy, he didn't waste his dash. He didn't compare himself to what he didn't have. We need to do the same and just focus on the blessings of what God has given us. Look again. What does the master say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. So here, we come to the third guy, all right? So here, Matthew 25, 24 through 30. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. <clears throat> so I was afraid. I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful. That word slothful, servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested money with the bankers in my coming. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will be more, will be, more be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Worthless and slothful. That's what, that's what Jesus is using to describe this guy that was given a blessing, that was given a talent, and he's using these words. These are pretty strong and pointed words to describe this guy's character. Um, so here, this guy was afraid to go and use the talents and the blessings that he was given to spread the goodness. Well, he's in the context of what the parable is. What does he do with his blessing that he was given? It literally says in Scripture, he dug a hole so, now, now th and, and buried it. Now, think about that. I, I looked up what the word talents meant. What is Jesus using here to describe the talent? It's not the talents of shooting a basketball or, you know, throwing a bomb, pass and catching it. it it's not that. Talents was money. And in the context of this, it's about equal to about a million dollars, okay? And it wasn't paper money, guys, that he was describing. It's coins. That's a lot, if you think about that. This guy wasn't afraid to work. What effort did it take to bury a million dollars, right? And then he had to go to Lowe's or wherever and get the bucket and put it in there so he, and mark it so he wouldn't lose where it was marked. But he was not afraid to work. He was not afraid of effort. 
He was afraid of his master's reaction. He, he was paralyzed by fear. <clears throat> so here, he reminds me at times of an ostrich that just buries his head out of fear. He was paralyzed with this. We can't be paralyzed with fear because our dash is small. There's a finite to it. There's a question mark at the end there. We can't let fear paralyze us. Look what Isaiah says about fear. I told you scripture's funny. 41.13. For I, the Lord your God, hold, you right hand, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Can we at times identify with this guy and be paralyzed with fear? <clears throat> Have we tucked away our talents, our resources, and our blessings, our time? Because we hold on to these things that are really going to mean nothing in the end out of fear. Rebecca says all the time, she says, you need to not worry as much. I told you I'm preaching to myself here. You, you need to just trust in God more. Be more faithful. And did I just spit? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry if I did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I just saw it. So anyway, she says that all the time. She says, don't, there, I'm getting sidetracked again, right? <laughs> uh, she says, don't worry. She says, have more faith. Guys, we need to listen to our wives, right? There's a lot of wisdom in our wives, right? Um, but I'm the smart one in the marriage because I do listen to her, right? I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I try to listen to her. She'll tell you I'm one of the most hard-headed guys in the world, which I am. But she says that, and she's right, that I need to not be fearful with my time, my blessings, my resources that God has given me. I've lived in fear before, and it's paralyzed me. Um, you see, God wants us to be bold and not afraid. He wants us to live a life that our talents and our resources and blessings can be used for him so we're not comparing, we're not waiting, but we're going and doing what he's intended us all to do. The third guy lived out of fear and was paralyzed by it. He did not use what God gave him. There's no reward for him. Look what it says. He's going to be cast out into darkness, and there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, his dash will come to an end too. And even though he was only given one talent, he was paralyzed by this fear and didn't use that one talent, God still blessed him, or his master still blessed him, not as much as the others, but still blessed him with something. And he was paralyzed with fear and didn't use that for God. God gives us all talents, all blessings, and all of us, he gives us resources to use for him. Can we identify with all of these at times? I, I know I certainly can. Um, this whole series, guys, has been about going and spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are we dedicated to this mission? Are we living a life on mission? Um, see, before I was a firefighter, I, that's what I do. Uh, I, I was in the military. And one of my uh, military heroes was General Douglas MacArthur. Um, no, 
I did not serve with him. I am not that old. <laughs> uh, so he was, he was the Pacific commander in World War II. And before that, he was a graduate of West Point, And he was the top of his class. And that was because he didn't waste time. Uh, you know, while his other uh, cadets were out probably chasing girls, so that's what a lot of young men do. It's okay. Um, or playing cards or whatever, he was studying and making himself better for ba the battles that were coming. He, he literally would d uh, dive into um, uh, the victories and defeats because he wanted to know both sides. He also, he, he was a man of purpose. He removed, had his pen, pen, he didn't remove it. He had his appendix removed when nothing was wrong with it because he was totally dedicated. He didn't want it to give him a problem on the battlefield. And did the lights just do that? Okay, all right. There's no bats flying around today. So for those, <laughs> we're in the last sermon. Uh, anyway, um, but he was so dedicated that he did that. He removed an organ. The good news is, guys, that we don't have to remove an organ, okay, to be faithful to God. Um, he, we, he's, he's that dedicated. We, we don't have to be like that. Uh, so, but guys, God has given us all talents and blessings and resources to go for him. We have this dash, right? And it's, it's a finite dash. It, our time will come to an end. We have to take what the blessing, our, our first thought in the morning, when that crazy alarm clock goes off, ought to be focused on what God has done in our lives and grateful for another day. And then we ought to turn and say, God, use my life today to further your kingdom. So let us pray.